Welcome to the Go Find Out Podcast. I'm Jennifer Jelliff Russell, author, speaker, and entrepreneur, bringing you actionable ideas and interviews with awesome women to help you pursue your dreams and achieve your goals. You can find more episodes of the Go Find Out Podcast by visiting gofindoutpodcast.com. Enjoy the show and go find out. Welcome back to the Go Find Out Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Jelliff Russell, and this is episode number 61. On today's show, I interview Caitlin Magnuson about her journey of starting her organization, The Freelance CFO. But before the interview, let's jump into a quick personal update. Hello, listeners. So as you can probably hear in my voice, I am a bit under the weather with a head cold, so I'll, I'll try to keep this update short. So today's a rainy, kind of windy day, just perfect for Halloween. Definitely a good day for like laying around on the couch and watching scary movies. And as much as I love scary movies, honestly, I don't watch them very often because my writer brain kicks in in the dark and I find myself too scared to like get up to pee in the middle of the night. So um, there's nothing like uh, having to sleep with the light on as an adult, right? This past week, I was able to launch my second book of scary short stories for kids. I ended up renaming it and now it's called Another Tale for Halloween and Even More Spooky Stories for Kids. It ended up being almost twice as long as the first book of short stories, which was kind of nice. And I was really happy to be able to actually put like fun images in as the chapter headers this time. And I also made the font a little bit bigger for kids. Um, So I was really excited to be able to kind of launch that before Halloween. So that is available as an ebook, basically anywhere that ebooks are sold. And it is also available as a print book from Amazon. I will make sure to drop the link for it in the show notes. So I still haven't got back to finishing book two of the Courtney Bliss romance series. I think I wasn't like super happy with how I was writing the characters. And I'm going to just take a little break from Courtney and her sexy billionaire boyfriend, Bo Ryans, to write the next book in my Vampire Hunter series. Actually, tomorrow, November 1st, starts NaNoWriMo, which is writing 50,000 words over the month of November. I've really found that taking part in the NaNoWriMo challenge really just helps me get back into the swing of writing. So I think that I'm going to use it as an opportunity to get the next Vampire Hunter book done. And then I'll circle back around to Courtney Bliss and her budding romance with Bo. And hey, if you haven't already, you can definitely still check out Blissful Awakenings, the first book in the Courtney Bliss romance on Amazon. And if you're part of the Kindle Unlimited program, it's actually free for you to read. All right, I think with that shameless plug, (laughs) that wraps up my personal update. So let's dive into the interview with Caitlin Magnuson. Today, I'm speaking with the founder of the freelance CFO, Caitlin Magnuson. I first ran across Caitlin via TikTok and found her information on business and personal finances fun, interesting, and honestly, straight to the point. If it gives you any indication of her personality, one of her programs is called Get Your Shit Together Mastermind, and she has a course called Millennial Money Mischief Manage, so that's pretty cool. Um, Welcome to the show, Caitlin. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm super stoked to talk to you. And I actually totally stalked you on LinkedIn before this. Um, And it looks like uh, you've always kind of been involved with accounting and finances. Can you tell us kind of what initially drew you to that industry? Oh my gosh. Well, without going into my entire life story, I was I was always really great at math and I had a real aptitude for it and ended up being bused to the high school in middle school wow. because I had, yeah, I, I jumped through the hoops to get through all of the math courses that they offered. And so ended up, my parents were like, well, they, they thought I would be a lawyer or a used car salesman, which were not, you know, um, <laughs> great careers in their mind. But I ended up falling into 
kind of by luck of the draw, small business and working in production management, accounting, controlling, bookkeeping functions. And the rest is sort of history. I was able to put all of that plus my ADHD into play <laughs> because there's so much variety in small businesses. So yes. it was really the fact that Yes, there's black and white with, you know, accounting and finances, but there's also such a great amount of nuance in, you know, being able to navigate it. And so that that has kept it really interesting for me. And also it's something that's always made so much sense when it doesn't make sense to a lot of other people out there or they find it stressful or confusing. So for me, kind of, you know, self from a self-centered perspective, I get to be really useful and knowledgeable and helpful in this area that so many people struggle with. Hmm, that makes total sense. I know, I know it's definitely an area that I have struggled with in the past, so that makes total sense. Um, and so, like you said, you initially kind of started out working um, for employers, kind of more traditional employment. At what point did you really consider starting your own company? When um, I helped the sale of one of the smaller businesses, so I, I corporate hopped for about mm -hmm. seven years. Um, really loved what I did, but continued between salary hopping and skill set hopping to learn new skills. Ended up unemployed after helping one of the businesses I was working for sell, went mm. with the new you know, uh, buyers, worked with them for a while, helped the transition, came back, and at the age of 25 was told by the Oregon Department of Unemployment that due to your compensation history and your industry that you work in, basically, we don't think you're going to find a job. What? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was said in much you know nicer, more politically correct terms in their right. letter that they sent me. But I was like, oh God, I'm the primary earner. I'm 25. Like, what am I going to do? I'm unemployed, right. and you people are telling me that I'm not going to find something. Yeah. And in that letter, they were like, you know, if you started your own business, you could get six months of unemployment without having to do anything. Um, you know, like not having to search for jobs, right? Wow. Like it gives yeah. You six months of guaranteed unemployment. Go do this because basically we think that you're SOL. <laughs> and. I did that. I'd, I'd already been freelancing, you know, doing doing things of this nature for other businesses prior to that, but not in the capacity that I ended up ramping up. So mm. that is the point that I kind of got shoved into starting my own company. Yeah, that's crazy. I had no idea. Man. Yeah, I didn't either. And it's kind of nice that you had that like cushion a little bit of the six months of unemployment to kind of get off the ground. Yes. You know what I mean? That's awesome. And can you actually tell us a little bit more about your current company, the freelance CFO, and what kind of clients you work with? Yeah. So we, for years and years now, have been working with primarily small business owners. So anyone that is just getting started up to a few million dollars a year in revenue. And I know that that may feel like a really big difference, but those are all technically considered small businesses. Hmm. And which, which is still mind boggling because it's such it a is, difference, yeah. right? Like, oh yeah, I'm making several million dollars a year. Like, oh, I'm you know making 40,000 a year. But um, so we work with a lot of business owners, helping them, you know, with all of the things that like most business owners don't need to hire someone full-time for what we do. And so we kind of mm -hmm. pop in to fill that gap between, Hey, we're here to sort of be your financial BFF, but mm -hmm. also make sure that you're not missing things. Like, are you registered as the proper type of business? You know, should you be an LLC? Should you be an S corp? Do you need your taxes handled? Um, you know, are you doing your bookkeeping correctly? Do you need it done for you? Like, do you need advice on what type of retirement account you should set up? We're here to help guide small business owners and help, them successfully navigate a all of the behind the scenes red tape that goes on and b getting them towards whatever their goal is you know whether it's i want to be a stay-at-home parent i want to be a digital nomad you know whatever it looks like for them we help to drive them that direction rather than like a one-size-fits-all that then lent itself very well to 
well, I have business finances. I need help with my personal finances. So Mm -hmm. over the last few years, we've developed some additional personal finance offerings because I mean, everyone has personal finances, not everyone has business finances. Right. And you know, that's things like navigating debt, deciding what you should prioritize paying off. Um, We have something that I call the anti-budget or the reverse budget that, you know, can be fairly common in anti-Dave Ramsey circles. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I, yeah, I say that a little surreptitiously, but um, not a big, huge DR fan. And yeah, me neither. I like this. This is good. Keep talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, um, but just helping, <laughs> you know, helping you navigate all that and also dropping all the shame and the judgment, right? Because sex mm-hmm. and money are like two of the most taboo topics. Mm-hmm. And the more that we can talk about them, A, the more information there is, the more power there is, the more knowledge there is, and you're able to make empowered financial decisions, Um, you know, whether you're in a corporate setting, working a day job or running your own business, because you know more of what's going on around you and what's industry norm. Mm, Gotcha. And when you say, you know, even like personal finances and things like that, are you and your team able to speak with people about things like, um, you know, determining what to do with their 401k? Yes. So we're, yeah, we're not um, a fiduciary or a financial advisor. We work with one that I love. Um, But we are able to say like, hey, you have four 401ks at like these three different, you know, or four different old employers. Like we should probably roll those into XYZ. And we can look at like, hey, you know, you have your business going, you're profitable this year. Like we should be talking about retirement. Like let's look at a SEP IRA. So we can help Mm -hmm. on the accounting side because there's this overlap, right? Of like financial advisor, accounting and legal. Right. And on a Venn diagram of all of that, like there's, there's overlap where we kind of share responsibility, but yes, we do. We work with a lot of them to just streamline. And then as needed, if it's, you know, kind of slightly out of our wheelhouse, we have professionals that we bring in to help with that. Perfect. I feel very called out by that example. Uh huh. <laughs> so, um, kind of shifting back to when you started the freelance CFO, because um, now you know you, you're it's you. You have a team, but when you very first started the organization, what would you say that your like biggest fears were? Oh my god. I mean, I think being the primary earner in my household, the biggest fear is it failing. You know, I have, there's, there's all this pressure. And I think we all probably feel that to some extent, whether you're the primary earner or not, if you're, you know, in a household of more than one income, but it was, it was failing. It was, you know, working all this time and these hours and putting this in and not having something that I was proud of to show for it. Hmm. And do you feel like that you have any specifics either that you, you know, cultivated or that you just have, um, that have helped you to be successful with your business? (laughs) So, um, having been diagnosed with ADHD in high school, I was one of the lucky early diagnosed. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I wasn't one of the, I, you know, TikTok has helped me find many other things about myself, but <laughs> right. uh, ADHD was one that I was already aware of. Um, I had put a lot of processes in place because I was basically told in high school, like, hey, you're, you know, because girls, they didn't really validate as much with it. So I was high performing, but also had a lot of struggles especially at that age in school. So they're like, Hey, you can basically self-medicate with caffeine and, um, to-do lists. And so that got me started a, with a, a very early caffeine addiction <laughs> and B with a lot of to-do lists. I'm a pen and paper or like a notes in my app, you know, on my note phone notes app thing, mm-hmm. um, kind of a person and putting those into place made me start becoming aware of my shortcomings or places that I need to be aware of to work around. And so I would say that the increased awareness of areas that I struggled with has actually helped me the most to put mm-hmm. successful habits into place, even if they're not habits, but it's the habit of being self-aware, mm-hmm. which is kind of a, an odd one. Uh, but it's been very beneficial for me because 
I have recognized that there are times like I'm when I'm feeling burnt out, I've finally gotten to the point where I have this whole routine that I go through so that I don't just completely crash and burn. Mm. And I have, you know, self-care that now takes priority. And I have something that will automatically, when I hit a certain metric for, I have too many client calls, my calendars will automatically shut down for the day. Oh, nice. Um, Because I know that those are things that lead to me being overwhelmed and burnt out. Mm. So yes, but the habits themselves evolve every quarter or every year kind of as the seasonality of my business changes and also the seasonality of my energy ebbs and flows. Mm, That makes total sense. And what do you think that you would have missed out on had you not started the freelance CFO? Freedom. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's such a um, flexibility and freedom and the ability to truly thrive mm. in a self-directed environment. I was really lucky. Oh, it, luck and also advocating for myself. The last corporate job that I worked came with about the most flexibility you could get in a traditional corporate environment. Mm-hmm. I worked almost completely remotely. I wow. traveled the world. I had a manager that did not care where I was so long as I answered my phone and had my computer during standard work hours. Nice. And, you know, I was allowed to do a lot of self-directed work, but it was still absolutely crippling at the end mm. because I felt so stifled and choked because there's only so much autonomy that you can have when you're working for a large corporate entity. And so working for myself has allowed me to question a lot of the things that were done and try and figure out, you know, how could we do this better? I didn't ever plan to hire employees. I had a team of contractors that I worked with as needed prior to all of this Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to have a company that just put people in another, you know, I didn't want them to be another cog in the wheel. Right. Right. I hated that. Mm -hmm. And I I wanted, if I was going to do this, I was going to do it in a way that created positions and opportunities that I would be excited for, that I would want to work at. That's awesome. And now kind of shifting back to your business and and what you do there, um, as mentioned earlier, you have several finance programs and courses. Um, I love the millennial money mischief managed (laughs) courses title. (laughs) Can you, can you tell us a little bit more actually about that one? Yeah. So that one is really kind of our signature personal finance course. It meets a lot of people where they're at, um, you know, assuming that there are places that we all have to improve. It hits kind of five of the most common areas, debt, budgeting, retirement, um, you know, student loans, paying things off, like how you should actually be setting yourself up for financial success. And it has a method of like, if you've done this already, then here's kind of your bonus point thing that you could go do that would take this to the next level. If you've done this, like, why don't you bump your contributions up next quarter? And so it walks you through in a really easy to understand method so that you have an action plan that you can walk away with. And it's not a one size fits all. It's a, Hey, if these are what you have going on, this is how you can learn to prioritize them within your own life and personal finances so that you can leave the course. And I think it's something silly. It's like $77 and we wanted it super accessible so that you could actually leave. Cause most times you're looking at personal finance courses because there's some sort of problem, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's, you know, financial or it's just been looming on the back burner or you haven't gotten retirement accounts started. You don't know what to do with them. This gives you a jump off point that you can then, there, there's something for everyone to improve on from this. Yeah. And it's super, that's super affordable. So that's not yeah. a barrier. That's awesome. And I noticed too, that you have a few like free financial or excuse me, finance resources on your website that honestly, they, they kind of look really fun. Like I almost, I was like, oh, I should sign up for this. Um, can you, can you tell me about those? 
Yeah. So right now we have one personal and one business and the business one is the ultimate business finance checklist. And it is, it's the things that I literally get blue in the face saying, right. But that <laughs> right. every single person, business owner, et cetera, needs to know. And they're the things that aren't always commonly taught. Like, you know, what kind of business entity do I need to have? What should I be looking at? What are the things to consider if I did nothing else? Like, what should I do? What should I know if I walked away from all of this and came back to work with you in a year that would set me up for, you know, a more successful experience. And so it covers that plus some of the really common deadlines, like quarterly estimated taxes, things you should doing, be doing monthly, quarterly, annually. Um, and then the personal finance one is a really, really small taster of millennial money mischief managed. And mm -hmm. so it runs through, you know, some of the debt things like setting up a high yield savings account and gives you a taste for a, like what it's like to work with us and what my courses are like, but also still lets you walk away with things that you can do in less than 10 minutes a day. And it's a five day challenge. Nice. Yeah. That one yeah. I was like, Ooh, that sounds really fun. Okay. <laughs> um, and do you feel like there are any like major myths about finance that you find yourself frequently trying to like dispel? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so A, the debt is bad. Okay. And this feels very, you know, Dave Ramsey to me. But in, in general, this runs in a lot of the finance circles, right? Debt is simply a tool that we can choose to leverage accordingly. Hmm. And I think, you know, there are varying degrees of ideal debt, right? Because you have federally backed student loans that are going to be a little bit lower rates. You have mortgages, you have most car loans, then you have, you know, personal loans, credit cards, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And those run, you know, the sort of the whole gamut of interest rates and types of debt. And, you know, learning to prioritize those, like I have people that I'll work with sometimes they are like, oh yeah, I want my house paid off right now. Like I want to be debt free. And if that's really the case, absolutely. Like we can do that, but we have a detailed conversation about that because paying off your mortgage, if you're not investing in retirement, isn't actually normally a financially beneficial move because for most of us, your retirement accounts will average 8% in returns per year. Mm -hmm. Most of us have mortgage interest rates that are under 4%. So if you're just doing like straight across math, you're hypothetically losing 4% after it's all said and done that you could be making and having compound for you over the next 30 or 40 years. Mm -hmm. And so if being debt-free is really, truly important and you're wanting to retire early and, you know, continue working to an extent like part-time, that might be a conversation, but most of the time it would be better to then allocate that money towards your retirement instead. So that's one of the most common. It's just thinking that all debt is bad instead of like choosing to pay something off over time with a fee. I feel like I have to go fix my uh, accounts now. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally my plan right now is pay off the house and then, okay, all right. Good and, and there's, you know, if you have like income instability, right, there can absolutely be a point to that. Or if, sure. you know, you have a, a two income household and one of the spouses maybe has like a chronic illness or something where you're worried about your long-term financial viability, mm. but more often than not, it's a, well, yeah, I feel like that's bad. I want the house paid off. It'll be easier. But like in the meantime, you've missed out on $400,000 in like compounding right. interest. Yeah. I mean, just hearing the the difference of like four and 8%, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a really good yeah. point. <laughs> okay. Um, nice. Okay. Okay. Um, there you go. It's your takeaway for the day. It is. It seriously is. Um, and uh, what, uh, what financial advice would you give to someone in their, maybe their first two years of starting a business? Okay. Whenever possible. This one actually might not be as common. Um, mm -hmm. Whenever possible, if you have a day job or, you know, a corporate position or something, Try and keep that within reason while you're getting your business going, because I think a lot of us go through kind of some 
growing pains mm -hmm. with our businesses. You know, you're validating your idea or your product or your service and your business name may change. Your, you know, clientele, your ideal clientele may change. You'll have these evolutions. And I feel like they can tend to happen a lot quicker in the first couple of years of business. Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of the pressure off of you and your business to perform. And it allows you to be a little bit pickier if you're a service provider. It lets you be pickier about what clients you're taking on. Oh, yeah. If you have a backup source of income now, if it's soul crushing, toxic, horrible, like by all means, you can also look to find a part-time or a full-time different corporate gig That's while true. you're doing that. And I, I think that so many of us who have worked in corporate feel this sort of misplaced sense of loyalty to mm. a lot of our jobs. Mm -hmm. And I can f be excited about where I worked and I, I was at several of the jobs I worked at at the same time, understanding that we are both using one another until it's no longer mutually beneficial. Mm -hmm. yep. And I think taking that to help support your business. And also it lets you hire help sooner. If you have additional financial support, it lets you not have to bootstrap everything and not have to design your own website because, Oh my God. I <laughs> yes. I, that was one of the first things I hired out. I tried and I was like, no, 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 no. This is so not my forte. Yes. So yeah. do that. Keep your, you know, keep your corporate gig while you can, if you have one or take something on part-time to take the pressure off. And the other side of that is to have a dedicated account that you run everything through for your business. I don't care if it's a business account. It can be like a random old personal checking account that is still open, but not being used, <laughs> but running income and expenses through there will make taxes and accounting so much easier at the end of the year, especially if you are bootstrapping or you don't have the financial resources to hire help or someone to manage your bookkeeping, you'll have everything in there at the end of the year so that you can go through and categorize it and then be ready for taxes. Mm. No, I think that's really great advice. Perfect. Well, where can we learn more about you and your company, The Freelance CFO? Well, I mean, there is always TikTok. Um, <laughs> when, when I'm posting on there, um, which hasn't been for a bit after going viral, because that, that was overwhelming. Yeah. Um, there is also Instagram at Caitlin period Magnuson, and then my website, CaitlinMagnuson.com. And that encompasses, you know, personal business, everything in there. And then I also have a free Facebook group that is Millennial Money Mastered, where we oh. talk business, life, debt, personal, you know, all the things in there. And it's a really open forum. Nice. And do you have to join the, or do you have to um, do the Millennial Money Mischief Managed course to gain access to that? You do program? not. No, oh. it is free for anyone that wants to hop in and just be in a like-minded community. Nice. Well, excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I have learned a lot and now I'm going to have to spend the rest of the day on my finances, it looks like. <laughs> Doing your financial chores. <laughs> That's correct. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. No, it was great. I really appreciated being here. What a fun interview with Caitlin. One of the things that we didn't mention during the interview is that Caitlin also offers paid one-off sessions of 30 and 60 minute increments. I really enjoyed hearing from Caitlin about finances. I think that we in general tend to have these like ingrained ideas about finances, um, and especially kind of depending on how we grow up talking about finances and money, it can definitely, you know, potentially negatively impact how we think about finances as an adult. And I think that it can be a really big challenge for a lot of folks who are starting or running their own small businesses to really kind of get a handle on managing their small business finances. Or honestly, even just trying to get a handle on their personal finances. As you heard in the interview, I also struggle with getting my butt in gear when it comes to dealing with financial obligations that don't feel like they're pressing, right? Like I still have a 401k just kind of hanging out there from my last traditional job. 
I know that I should roll it over into my already existing Roth IRA, but I also know that I will take a hit on taxes when I do, so I've just kind of been putting it off. But speaking with someone like Caitlin can really help you to kind of get your ducks in a row on the financial side. Or, if you're like me, it can kind of galvanize you into actually taking care of your financial issues that you've just been putting off. <laughs> and if your finances are, you know, completely squared away, sometimes it's good to speak with someone like Caitlin just to see, like, what else that you can do to set yourself up for even more financial success. And finances aside, there was something that Caitlin mentioned in her interview that I really wanted to circle back to because it really stood out to me. She said that when she started her own business, it made her question how things were done that seemed normal in a traditional business setting. I totally hear what she's saying, though it took me a little while to get there when I started my business. For me, it started with, after a year of being in business as a career coach, questioning my work schedule. Like, why was I forcing myself to spend eight hours a day on my coaching business when I could actually get everything done in half that time and then spend the rest of my day on my author business and writing? It was ingrained in me from traditional American office employment that work consists of an eight-hour day, period. Even if most of those hours are frittered away not actually doing work, which makes no sense, right? Especially when you're working for yourself. I also learned that I'm the most creative in the morning. So rather than getting up and spending my most creative hours on, you know, office scut work or administrative tasks that do need to be done, but don't require creativity, I now spend that time writing and then tackle administrative work in the afternoons. In a traditional office setting where I'm working for somebody else, I would see those administrative tasks as being more important and I would prioritize them and knock those out in the morning and then kind of be wasting my most creative hours in getting those administrative tasks done. Because again, in my brain, those administrative tasks were more important than the creative tasks. And so they became a priority to get done first thing in the morning in a traditional office setting. By reevaluating what works best for me in my business, I was able to create a schedule for myself that allowed me to actually be more effective with the hours in my day which also thereby allowed me to work less hours in the day. So if you're running your own small business, you might ask yourself, what office traditions are you hanging on to simply because that's how you've always seen things done? Maybe there's a more efficient process for your business or a method of doing things that's more in line with your personality style that might seem to go against the usual business traditions, but would actually help your business thrive. All right, that's our show for today. Join me next time for a solo episode on how we can hack our self-talk to live a more positive life. And hopefully by then, my voice will be back to normal. Until then, go find out. Thanks for listening to the show today. I hope you found the information beneficial and that it helps you tackle your own Go Find Out goals. You can find more episodes and the show transcripts at gofindoutpodcast.com. You can also let me know what you thought of the show by tweeting me at GFO Podcast or follow me on Instagram at GoFindOutPodcast. That's it for today. Now go find out.